What is up, Pod Nation? Welcome to the Potty Slay Podcast. It is episode 96, which is absolute insanity, but we are here with my friends, Anthony, Tony, my two homies, and my other homie, one of my best friends of all time, Rob's with us today, too. What's up, boys? Rob. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for having me back. I was, uh, I was waiting for the invite. <laughs> He's been waiting a while because I uh, it was episode 17 that we had him on. So we're, what? we're going was back. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn. We're, we're going That's back crazy. quite some time. That that came out, man, that came out way back on, I'll give you the day here. I feel like July, it was July 3rd. July 3rd of July 3rd. 2020. Wow. What? So That's a crazy. year and a half since we had Rob on, which is too long. I mean, we've seen you, we've talked to you, but uh, we wanted to bring you back to Nerd Out with us because that's always fun too. Ah, I love it. Thank you, guys. The fact that Tone didn't know the date on the top of his head is concerning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's too many of them back there now, man. I forget. I knew the number. It was 17. The All the other useless information that stays right in that kid's head, and he couldn't come up with that? So yeah. much. And thank you for calling me a kid. <laughs> and actually, Rob, this is a tryout to be the fourth, the permanent fourth host, so no pressure. Oh, don't tell Greg. Don't tell Greg. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. So if your contributions suck, then eh. Sorry, we'll go with Greg. No, I'm 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 looking to be the fourth member of of the Pod Nation here with Patio Slave. So. We love it. Return to form. I mean, you did it for you know career for a long time with an actual terrestrial radio. So if anything, you know what you're doing more than us. We're just kind of figuring it out as we go. <laughs> well, yes, yes and no. You guys, no, you podcasts. I think are completely different because yeah. I was on the when I was on the radio. It was you know ninety percent of the time it was just me. But, you know, you guys are hanging out, having a full on conversation with each other. But and uh, and I've been listening to what you guys do and I told you, like, it's funny, like, and know you guys all personally. And of course, like, I'm like, I'm so freaking proud of these guys because you guys have got I've seen you guys and heard you guys get better doing it, what you're doing, what you do over the past you know, year and a half, two years now. And I love it. I think it's great. Hell yeah, man. Thank you. Coming from a, a rock radio legend. That's how we positioned you, Rob, as the rock radio legend. And it's true. I'll take it, Twan. I'll take it. <laughs> I like it. So, yeah, we're not going to – we won't get into Rob's history. If you want to hear all that, go listen to episode 17. Be gentle. We were still pretty early on, but Rob sounds good. So go listen to episode 17. Yeah. And with that said, we got a pretty exciting episode today. So we're going to geek out on something very special later. A uh, little hint, masterpiece songs. So I'll just leave it at that. But before that, we got a few topical things which uh, came to mind, and we thought we'd uh, hash these out a little bit. So what do, what do we got, Tom? We got uh, well, there was a little bit of news, right? Uh, yep. Both locally for us, which I still think we can we can put a national spin on too. But uh, also the uh, the news that Matt Skiba, right? Did I say that correctly? Yeah, not Skiba. <laughs> Matt Matt Skiba. Matt- <laughs> Matt Ski, yeah, Matt Skiba, Matt Skiba of Blink One Eighty Two, currently Fame and Alkaline Trio in the past, uh, made a little mention that he might be doing a little work with Tom DeLonge. So, a is he DeLonging, and b does that mean Blink One Eighty Two is getting back together? So wait, he's he's the he's in the band now, in Blink now, correct? And now he's talking about going to do some work with with Tom. Yeah, yep. who's it's- not in the band? That's interesting. Well, in some capacity, it's very broad. It's very cryptic. Yeah. It, it could yeah. be Tom's coming back for like a super blink group. It could be they're doing their own thing. I'm not excited for this. I don't. I'm, I no? don't. I don't really wow. care. I. You know what I mean? <laughs> because, because like Skiba with Blink, I don't think works at all. Okay, fair enough. Well, I mean, maybe he's just going to be the dude pushing buttons in the in the booth. <laughs> 
Right. I mean, in what capacity are they working together? Is he like get, getting them coffees? Like, what is he doing? You know? <laughs> wow. Maybe because this is because I've been out of radio for uh, five and a half years now. I don't even know who the ski ball guy is. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> <laughs> you remember Alkaline Trio, right? I think they played. Of course, played yeah. I remember the, is, is, yeah. is that the singer? The singer, yeah. All right. He repla- replaced. They say in air quotes, uh, Tom and Blank for the last couple hours. Okay, I do remember that happening now because that probably did happen. I want to uh, say probably. I'm going to guess maybe like 16. Yeah, right around then. Yep. Okay, because I do remember that happening. But, but yeah, yeah, interesting. Who knows? Side project, uh, fourth edition, Blink is now a fourth piece. Who knows? Well, I mean, we we did a predictions episode, I think, at the end of 2020, and we predicted that they'd get back together. And it hasn't happened yet, but this is like the first real breadcrumb that it might, just because Skiba, Skiba is in uh, Blink now. So, like, if he's working with Tom, what else could he be doing? He's got to be. He's got to be coming around, hanging out at uh, at band practice, right? Well, if they do come out with a uh, side project, I think they should call it Blink Boxcar Forty Four. <laughs> yes, I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, Tuan called it Blink One Eighty Four instead of One Eighty Three. But yeah, we're all trying to you know figure it out. I think where my head went with just based on what Tone said mainly, and Tuan is. You know, maybe it is return to form with Blink and Tom's coming back. But because Tom has got multiple projects between he's directing movies, he's got Angels and Airwaves, he's just got he's got a lot going on. And he's kind of unreliable, I guess. I'm saying that as polite as I can, that he leaves and con- I mean he's quit Blink twice already, right? So I almost feel like, well, if we bring Tom back, is he gonna leave again? And do we have to like rehire Matt? Oh, it'd just be a one-off, Nate. I don't think it would be yeah. a full time he's back in the band. Yeah, I have no idea. But if they kept him on, you know, then it's like, okay, yeah, is he in the back behind the curtain playing like rhythm guitar along with Tom in the background? Uh, I kind of think of like Chili Peppers, like when John Frusciante got invited back, they still haven't played, right, with the whole pandemic. And Josh got kicked out. I was surprised because Josh uh, Klinghoffer that replaced John in the Chili Peppers was originally the guitar tech for Frusciante. So when he got kicked out, I was like, I was really surprised that they didn't keep him on as even just a roadie, you know, because that's what he did beforehand. As much as that's kind of like a demotion, regardless, he was in the camp. So yeah, it's always interesting when you know those those key members become options to return to the band again. It's like, what do mm-hmm. you do? Do you make them? Do you yeah you know, make the band bigger? Do you right. you know give the guy uh, who took his place a boot? Right. Yeah. Well, because I mean, how many bands have? So if he came back, they could potentially have three singers. I mean, has there ever been a good band with three singers i mean i don't i can't even think of well, if you've got three you've got none right that's, that's a quarter, good question. <laughs> quarterback thing if you got two quarterbacks you got zero quarterbacks because they both kind of suck van halen van halen had three singers but only two good ones sorry gary yeah. Shrum. then you get the awkward <laughs> bands with the the drummer has like a predominant you know a big sing singing role and that never really works. It's like, who the fuck's singing? Is this a backtrack? Maybe, maybe <laughs> Travis will start singing. Get them all singing. Like, let's just oh go. Let's just <laughs> throw shit against the wall and see if it works. Machine Gun Kelly is going to join. It's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> Blink 180 Collective. <laughs> uh, oh my I don't know. I'm, I don't know. If, if it's like a super group thing, I, I don't know if I care. You're out on it. All right. Fair enough. I'm in. I want to see what happens. I, I would like for it to happen just because, I mean, the last time they were together wasn't the, the album that they put out wasn't great, but the one before it's amazing. So if they're all dialed, I think it could be really good. Yeah. I don't know where I stand on it. I think I would like to see him play 
together one last time, but I think the, the magic is dissipated a long time ago. So when Tom left, it was like, almost like, I don't blame him kind of thing. I still love the band. Don't get me wrong, but blink 182 is a, a young man's game in terms of what they were doing and what they stand for. So playing what's my age again at 55 doesn't it hits different let's put it that way nobody likes you when you're 55 yeah. <laughs> let's talk about boneless yeah so we have a we've talked about boneless on this podcast a ton they are a uh northeast mostly maine a little bit of new hampshire record store that is not just records they do everything uh, that, that has been kind of our home as far as buying music for a long time for really all four of us i would think you too rob i know um Absolutely. Especially being in Portland now for 20 plus years, it has been a place that we've all frequented to buy, you know, records and CDs and tapes and T-shirts and stickers and video games and everything, right? They have it all. So they just recently announced, I think as of this recording about a week ago, that the they sold to their uh, more than 140 employees, which is kind of wild. So, yeah, that's in the news. It's a big deal, I think, for us, at least locally. And it's something to talk about music-wise that, you know, it's it's a new thing. It's a, an independent record store, kind of like an independent label selling to its employees. Interesting stuff. It's it's so cool that uh, Brett did that. And I saw that on the news. I saw, I did not expect that at all, but uh, the employees are super pumped about it. And they did a segment about how, you know, the employees already, they seem to, you know, a good chunk of them seem to enjoy their jobs. But like, now you're going to get like awesome customer service when you walk in there because these people are going to have, you know, a hand in it and love their job even more. So, and I love the fact that Bull Moose is, is still around because I you know we've talked about this before, how many record stores still exist locally. And we have what still four or five locations left. Yep. At least in yeah. our, you know, that we could get to within 20 minutes. Right. Right. It's funny, the narrative online, when that story was announced, there were a lot of people that were very negative about it. Like they didn't read the article. They were like, Oh, now you're going to, you know, the employees have to buy into it. And it's like, well, that's typically not how it works, you know. It, it's not like no, the uh, owner doesn't have anything to do with it anymore. Right. It's 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 a shared ownership, and it's basically you know employee share structure. And it's if I was an employee, it's a fucking dream. It's it's very positive. Yep. Anyone that's negative about it, I don't think knows enough about it. Correct. And you know what? I'm sure the owner's going to eat too. Like he'll retain some shares. I'm sure. You know. Well, he's keeping Fieldstack, which is the thing that they created, Brett created back ten years or so ago that kind of tracks how things are sold in each store and what's popular in, you know, South Portland, Maine may not be popular in Keene, New Hampshire, but you know, they can tell. It was AI before it was, before that was a thing, you know? Yeah. So he's keeping that going too, which is uh, his thing. And Brett Weckert is the, the former owner of Bullmoose, one of the former owners of Bullmoose. So that's, he'll still have that to kind of sell to other places too, I would think. Yeah. I think it's nothing but positive. You know, there's a, I'm going to give a little plug here. There's a brewery out here called Modern Times. They do craft coffee and craft beer. It's completely employee-owned. And it's really just another perk because, you know, working in the beer industry, like the pay is not great. It's hard work and you have no skin in the game. So if you're getting ownership like you do at, at Modern Times, it's like, well, it's just an extra incentive. It's an extra, you feel like, you know, the harder you work, it's actually going to something. Like that's really hard to find, you know? And people may not know this that are outside of our region uh, in Southern Maine, but Bull Moose is actually a pretty big deal. There's only so many independent record stores that have made a, a statement, and Bull Moose is one of them. Uh, they were a big uh, contributor to starting Record Store Day, which is, at this point, world-renowned. And uh, along with Bull Moose, there's only so many that come to mind. It's like Bull Moose, Amoeba Music out here in California, which we had uh, Mark on, 
and uh, Newbury Comics down in Mass, and maybe a handful of others across the country. But for the most part, it's those handful, a few that just have one independent flagship store, and then your FYEs of the world. So, you know, Bull Moose is, is not just a, you know. Is FYE not... still a thing? I was just going to ask the same question. <laughs> For your entertainment. Sam Goody or, or Best yeah. Buy even now or Walmart for that matter. There's one left at the Mall of Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, I'm just, I have no idea. <laughs> the Mall of Minnesota. You mean the Mall of America? No, actually, I was just, I was saying the Mall of Minnesota. Why is the Mall of America in Minnesota? Yes. It is, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, maybe that's why I said it. No, it's bigger than regional because they have a huge e-commerce presence. Their yeah. online distro is massive. Like I'm, I belong to a bunch of uh, Facebook groups about vinyl, and ever like a lot of people I see take uh, screen grabs of like, oh, you know, I pre-order this, and it's from Bullmoose. It's Bull, the Bullmoose website, and they're not from wow. Northeast, uh, so it's it's big. So consensus, we're all pretty happy about it. I'm in. I mean, yeah, I'm down absolutely. for. I'm down for them to continue to be. Uh, you know, open and viable. It's one of my favorite places to go. When they closed the Portland store the, the, about a year ago, I was super bummed because it was a place that my wife and I went every Sunday and it just stopped being a thing. But they only did that because of the way, you know, the pandemic was going and they weren't getting a lot of foot traffic, but everything else has stayed open. Everything else is going. So. Yep. No, I'm a fan. I'm I'm a fan of this. It's progressive. They don't have to do it. The fact that they're taking that lead to, to make it happen. I'm, I'm, hoping other independent record stores follow suit and other small independent companies realize that you're going to have to do something. It's 2022 minimum wage is going up. Salaries are going up. Cost of living is going up. You know, you have to add extra value. Otherwise like see you later, like you're not going to matter. So props to bull moose. It won't happen. People are too selfish <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. their pride will get to them and their, their business will go under and they'll watch it sink. Exactly. Yep. Sadly the truth. All right, boys, you guys ready to get into it? Main segment action. Rob, you ready? You ready for this? Let's do it. All right, so this segment is, I think we're calling it what, Perfect Songs? I think, Nate, you mentioned Masterpiece Songs. So this is yep. Perfect Songs. And we're, we all came with, uh, you know, two or three of them. Before we get into it, just kind of real quick, like, what's your criteria? What's everyone's criteria? I think we might have different Ooh. criteria, you know, because I thought of, I'll throw, you, I'll throw mine at. Everything about the song, you just wouldn't change. Everything about it. Lyrics, vocals, uh, chord progression, uh, harmonies, melodies, verses, choruses, all that fun stuff. The song takes every angle you'd want it to. Like if you could kind of weave the song, that's how it would end up. And lyrics. Lyrics are huge. You know, there's yeah. great songs that have shitty lyrics that they don't stick with you. And replay value. A lot of like the ones I picked, I could listen to these 10 times in a row, like on back to back days. So that, mm -hmm. that's my criteria. I can't wait to hear these. <laughs> I'm excited for it too. Uh, the replay value is a big one for me, Tuan. Uh, that was, was when thinking of this, I was like, I listened to a couple songs. I listened to them back to back. And I thought to myself, I'm not sick of this. I can listen to it again. I'm going to move on because I need to find more. But that helped. Uh, and being able to listen to it and not want to change anything and not, not be upset that it came on again. Yeah. I think for me, like my bullet points were pretty close to the same. I think we're in the same uh, nerd space for the most part. I put like, you know, like, like you said, chord progression, lyrics, song structure, reaction and emotion, mood, catchiness. These are all kind of conducive to what you said. You know, you don't think about that when you hear a song that you love, but when you're doing the nerd homework to prep for things like this, you're like, wow, there's actually more into why you love a song so much than you think. You're like, oh, God damn, there's a reason why this song or this album 
continues to take the top spots for me. So, yep. so why yeah, do there's you, a criteria. Why, why do you love saliva's click click boom? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, no, that's mine, dude. <laughs> Man, we uh, haven't had a saliva joke in a long time. It's been a uh, while. Yeah, yeah. So, Nate, you mentioned nerd homework. Yeah. That when when Tone had mentioned that uh, we're going to be discussing this tonight, that is exactly what I sat down to do, and I nice. stopped it as quick as I sat down to do it. And there's a reason. I said, if I start going through my playlists and start looking at songs, I'm literally going to lose a whole day of my life doing this. And I'm going <laughs> right. to drive my cra- myself crazy. And I'm not going to pick two or three songs. So what I did was I essentially just picked three songs that pop in my head as songs that I love and I know that I love. And it's not just, you know, Twan, you mentioned how you guys and, and Nate too, how you guys picked the song. What I meant to do, and I, I made a point to do, these are not favorites of mine. They are what I personally think are the perfect song. Doesn't nice. necessarily mean that, actually, you know what? I do love the songs, but I wouldn't call them favorites. Maybe the first one, but yeah, it's just like, it's, it's everything you guys said. And it, I just, I was like, you know what? You're not putting personalized thoughts into this. Put the phone down. You're not going through your 37 playlists on Spotify. <laughs> You're just going with those three. I love that. That's yeah. great. Cause it's like gut feeling, right? You're just, these yeah. are the ones that pop into my head. I need that. Yeah. Like almost objectively, objectively, like these are perfect. Correct. Yeah, man. Cause yeah, I, that's how I did it. I mean, once we start hitting playlists and CD binders, that's a fucking whole weekend. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's a rabbit hole is what it is, Twan. It's a, <laughs> it's a deep rabbit hole too. Yeah. Would have taken us quite a bit longer to get this episode out for sure. Right. So what do they say? The, the guest goes first. Yeah. Yep. The guest goes first. All right. So. It's kind of funny, Tone, you know me, my favorite decade is what? The 80s. Well, my three songs, uh, two of them are from the 70s and one is from the 90s. Oh, wow. Ooh, oh, okay. wow. Probably because I know a lot of 80s music sucks, but I just love it anyway. So. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a part of that that doesn't really matter. It's The suck is part of why it's perfect, but yeah, I get Exactly, you. absolutely. But, you know. All right, so... The first one, um, I, I'll do them kind of in, in succession when they came out. Uh, this one's from uh, 1973, uh, first song released from this artist. And it's one of those songs that uh, it tells a story. Um, it's autobiographical. It's uh, The melody is amazing. And he wrote the song about his life the year before, essentially like the year before he wrote the song and it was released. So, but that aside, just remember listening to this song when I was a kid and I just always thought it was the perfect song. It's Piano Man, Billy Joel. Oh, oh wow. That's nice. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I had, that didn't even cross my mind. And man, that you're absolutely right. It is so good. It it gives you a vibe. Vibe. Gives you a yes, feeling. A vibe. Yeah, right? It's oh, you can man. listen to him talking about John at the bar that's the friend of his. And yep. and you can picture what that bar in nineteen seventy three looked like with Billy Joel playing the piano and everybody ripping butts and drinking and <laughs> yep it just makes you want to be at a bar in 1973 you know what's awesome is i actually uh i had this i had this song too as one of mine which i'll probably uh-huh. use another song instead but um no way it was, but it was Wait, one you of had the first piano man yeah oh totally because it is a perfect wow. song i mean it, what? it, it yeah it's amazing it happens it happens more often than you think on here because <laughs> we're like big time nerds so we're just like in the same space. I mentally. love that you had Piano Man as one of your options, though. That's amazing. I mean, it's just quintessential to a perfect song, and you explained yeah. it pretty much perfect. It's like, yeah, it, it paints the picture. It's very relatable. I mean, it's like, 
I can't, there's very few songs that are structured so, you know, eloquently than uh, piano, man. It's like, it's, it's a classic, you know, and you feel like you're there. It's one of the few songs where you actually, if you close your eyes, you're like, I'm there right now. I'm there um, right now. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And then the drunken sing along, you know, the mm-hmm. la da 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 da. Can I do that without us get, having to pay for that? <laughs> yep, you can. Yep. All right. If Billy comes after us, we'll just pour them onto you. Perfect. Yep. And we have fond memories. We saw Billy Joel together with Elton John, the back to back tour. So I don't want to spoil anything in case there's a, I'm invited back to a best concerts of all time. <laughs> but uh, that is, I tell people that was my favorite concert that I ever went to. Oh, it's amazing. Wow. E- even though we missed the first like 20 minutes of Elton John, it was still amazing because we sat in that bridge in, in uh, Tampa that's like 35 miles long and we were in traffic like the whole time. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Probably yeah. super like anxious, like, get oh, me my there. God. <laughs> concert Wars Part 2. Rob and Nate Rob. late for a concert is not a good thing. No, I could see that. Especially this one. <laughs> I know both of you guys. I could, I could totally see that. No, we did an episode called Concert Wars which was our favorite concert. So we'll have to do round two. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go next? All right. I'll jump in. All right, Rob, when you, when we found out you're going to come on, I, I knew you loved the eighties. So this is a song from the eighties. 19. Let me try and guess it. Okay. I'll, I'm going to tease it. So give a few clues. Okay. There's actually two songs that, I, that this artist, solo male artist fits this criteria. This specific one, 1982 solo male artist massive, massive movie soundtrack song to one of the greatest high school movies of all time. Pop rock song. You hear this song and you're brought back to being younger. 1982. And he came back and had a big hit from a, like a teen movie. Is that what you said? Well, I don't know if he came back. I mean, he, he was doing his thing for a while, but this is a smash song that was in tandem with a with a movie soundtrack. A uh, movie soundtrack from 82? From 82. Or, from 82. Oh, the, okay, the movie okay, I must have misunderstood you. All right. Jesus. What's the I movie? I should the know movie? this. I'll I'll give you the movie. Fast Times. Yeah, I was going to say Oh my Fast god. Times. All right. So, I love that you're picking Somebody's Baby by Jackson Brown. Yes, I am. Because <laughs> that You is, had it too. <laughs> that is an, a phenomenal song. Yeah, that is a, that is a perfect song in so many ways. It's it's resembling a piano man with the melody and you can be there when you hear the lyrics and ah, it's a great it, song. it comes in right with a bop, you know, the lyrics are on point again, the movie's perfect. I mean, how can you not fucking love that movie? It's up, upbeat, keeps you dialed in. I mean, he's, he, I, I think he's got a great voice. The lyrics, I mean, who can't relate to those lyrics at that age, you know? Oh, absolutely. It's just, you know, not having the confidence here. You think she's taken, yep. so you don't do it. It's like, did I write these lyrics? Like, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. And fun fact about that song is he just started playing that song at concerts again. Oh, wow. That's right. You're right. And how do I know this? Because I'm nerds like you. I'm a nerd like you three. I always will go online and look at set lists. And not only do I look at set lists of the current tour, well, I'm going to go way back as well and see what else I can find. And he hadn't played that song. I think he went like 30 years wow. without playing that song live. And when he came to the main state pier, I don't know if uh, any of you guys were there. Um, he busted it out. I was so pumped wow. about it. So he just started playing it again. It's funny you say that because when I saw him at the Merrill, it was an acoustic tour in like 2010, 2011. It was mostly deep cuts. Like I'm a huge fan and I knew maybe half the stuff. 
Oh, wow. It was one of those. And no somebody's baby. That was that did not make the cut. But I think it's objectively great, but also subjectively, obviously great. I think it's just universal. I think you can't mm-hmm. miss with this song. I love your uh, I love your picked one. Absolutely agree. That's a great pick. I mean, that, that movie's great. That song is great. He's a great artist. There's so many great Jackson Brown songs. I remember listening to Jackson Brown with my dad on road trips as a kid. So, yeah, that, that, hits, that hits me for sure. Yeah. And to go along with what you said, uh, Rob, I just saw him open for James Taylor here in San Diego, and he played that song. Oh, nice. And it was like, yeah, it's magical. Like It's like a like very captivating song, very relatable. Like you said, Tuan, it's like a, an 80s version of a Blink-182 song, right? And you're like, <laughs> that's a great point. <laughs> Did I write this? <laughs> Wait, is he going to join Blink too now? Yeah, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's part of the Blink-180 collective. <laughs> not not Jackson Brown, just just James Taylor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, who's up? Nate, Tone, you hitting us with it? I got it. I got one. Mine is also from a movie soundtrack. Ooh. 1994 is the movie. It is a hip-hop track. Tupac was in the movie, but he's not on the song, if that gives you anything. Uh, either Poetic Justice or Juice? Neither movie. Gridlocked? Nope. Above the Rim. Oh. <laughs> Dude, I have the soundtrack to Above the Rim. <laughs> no what, uh, then I'm what song am I talking it? about? I'm dying. Well, I mean, Nate Dogg was on the soundtrack. SWV yep. He's was on, on this the soundtrack. Song. Nate Dogg is on this song. There's a, there's a great song about Afros on that soundtrack. <laughs> it's not that one. This is um, Warren G. Regulate. Oh, yes. nice. Yeah. Of course. Because, wow. I mean, who doesn't love Warren G.'s Regulate? And Absolutely. it came out in 94, featuring Nate Dogg, as we said. Threw me off with that one. I don't see that one as a soundtrack song because it, it was it's, the album, too. I agree. You're right. Yeah. It, yep. it was on that. Uh, you know, three different songs were sampled to make this song. Do you guys know them? Rob, you might know. The big one is obviously. Well, of course I know Michael McDonald. I keep forgetting, but there was more? Yeah. Yeah. Bob James, Sign of the Times, which I'd never heard before. And uh, Dr. Dre's Let Me Ride. That one line where Nate Dogg says, let me ride. Let me ride. Yeah. Yeah. So those three songs were were sampled. And this is obviously sampling in hip hop. It's been going on forever. I love when it happens. That Go listen to that Michael McDonald song. It's a great song. Uh, And you can see where it comes from. And that's kind of fun. But this song is just perfect front to back. It tells a story. There is no hook. The hook is just the whistling, right? There is mm-hmm. no actual verse, yeah. of course, verse. It. It's just verses with the whistling in between and the beat uh, coming from, you know, Michael McDonald. And it's just so fucking good, man. I can't, so you can't not listen to this song and be happy. It's, it, it's, it's, it's just a classic hip hop track and oh, kind of sums so up that era too. So Warren G's Regulate is a perfect song. Oh, so good. A lot of positive connotation too, because it reminds me of the Beach House. I was a beach oh, house yeah. staple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't ever talked about the beach house out here, have we, Nate? I know. No, no. <laughs> uh, that's for another day. Real quick. I love the synopsis on uh, Wiki. It's, it's, uh, it goes this. Warren G is driving alone through Eastside Long Beach at night look, <laughs> looking for women. He finds a group of men playing dice and tries to join them, but they pull out their guns and rob him instead. And Nate Dogg is doing the same thing. And then he finds Warren G getting robbed and pulls his gun out. Yeah, it's not super happy, I guess, but the song's great. Uh, it's like you're right there, just like those other songs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Relatable. Not a world I grew up in in the streets of South Portland, Maine, but, you know. Right. All right, yeah, uh, Nate, what do you got? All right, so I'm looking through a pretty long list, but I, I had backups just in case we uh, had the same one. So obviously uh, – Rob, you and I both had Piano Man by Billy Joel, so I'm going to go ahead and scratch that one and go for this one instead. 
And I tried not to, I, I tried not to do this, like the whole favorite song thing. I tried to step away from it and just think perfect songs, but this one definitely was, uh, came to mind right away. I'm like, ah, shit. All right, fine. I'm going to go with this one. It's, uh, Dire Straits Sultans of Swing. Yes. Yeah. Great song. I fucking love this song so much and I love everything about it. It jumps right in, starts right away. Uh, the guitars are amazing. Obviously, Mark Knopfler is a phenomenal guitarist. The storyline within the lyrics are, are also great. It's just such it's a, another piano man type song if you think about it. Totally. It's yeah. The, when you were stories in the man. verses. Yep. That yeah. You know, and and as far as the chorus, it's it's just the song title, right? And then the ding 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 Yep. Yeah. Stop! You're gonna get a suit. No, sorry. The algorithm was triggered there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think for me personally, maybe maybe what makes a perfect song is maybe not, but maybe potentially is a, a really good guitar solo. And you know, this guitar solo in this one is just all time. So at the end there, so good. So good. It's a soothing song. Like I and this is one kind of like what you said, Twan earlier. I could listen to the song ten times in a row, you know, days in a row and be totally fine with it. It wouldn't bother me. I would almost be more of a fan somehow. So I don't know. I, I love this song. I love the band too. I wish they would get back together because I would love to see this live someday. That's another thing with Dire Straits. They have Mark Knopfler called it 30, God, 35 years ago, maybe, or maybe 30, about 30 years ago. I think it was like 89 was their last album they did. And uh, as far as I know, there's, if there was any bad blood, they kind of kept it pretty quiet. Yeah. A long time. Yeah. yeah come on a- guys. That would be one of those amazing, like up Absolutely. there with talking heads. Oh, yeah, yeah. it'd be mm-hmm. so cool to like, yeah, for that to happen, man. All right, we into round two now. Yeah, round two, Rob. What do you got? Oh shit, back to me. All right, couple years after that, so you guys will probably be able to figure this one out pretty quick. I'll see who can guess it first. Very uh, non-traditional song, just in the realm of you know you think every perfect song should have a chorus to it. You would think. Well, there's Except no for the one I picked, I mean. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. We just talked about that. Regulate. Yeah. So this song is very different. It's all over the place. It's uh it basically it starts what acapella. It goes into like a ballad piece. Queen. Bohemian Rhapsody. Nailed it. Oh, nice. <laughs> it is. I agree. You've got your operatic unison, and then it rocks out, and then it goes back to a ballad, and all during the song, it says a bunch of stuff that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's so fucking good. So didn't I have I had this as my the best song of all time in a previous you episode. Did. A I, long time did ago, Twan. Yep. The yes. single best song of all time, which is funny. I didn't even think about it for this episode. I'm hmm. not looking at my phone. It was the Bring a Hot Take episode. It was which is yeah. like early thirties, which was the summer of twenty twenty. August of 2020, I believe. Wow. It was 42 minutes and 16 <laughs> seconds into our podcast when we were talking about it. That I don't know, um, but I do remember it. And I re- was like, I remember getting shit from a, a friend, Mike. Mike in Texas was like, really? That's that's a hot take. And we're like, but like, dispute it. It's a great song. Name yeah. a better yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, there's really, you can't, you can't go wrong with that song just because it's so, it's just so amazing in so many ways. Absolutely. And you know what is really cool kind of, recently too is with the movie uh what was the movie called again that came out wayne's world no 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 not well that's good too that <laughs> yes, showcases yeah. it that was recent rob yes that showcases it in a, in a different light but, oh uh, shit i missed the recent part <laughs> or actually i guess the movie was called bohemian rhapsody right 
I think oh, it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. yes, Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie, yes. Um, yeah. And they talk Wait, about Wayne's World 2. Wayne's World 2. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's Jim Morrison in the doors, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but Bohemian Rhapsody, that movie just really gives some really fantastic context on that song. Like being in the record label, and he was like, there's no way this is going to be played on the radio. Oh, I love uh, that, yeah. You know, it's like, this yeah. is just like, what is this song? Like, what are we supposed to even call this? Like, how, like, what genre is this? It was like the most confusing thing to to put out to a record label like yeah this is a great song right and they're like no nah, this is a terrible song and now we're all calling it one of the best songs of all time which it absolutely is those guys are never right let the artists be the ones that tell you what's good <laughs> Go being in radio for years i can second that i've seen it happen <laughs> and you know bohemian rhapsody for example it's a six minute song there's no edit to it that i know of and it was a huge hit on mainstream radio so amazing yeah well, I remember when we posted that online, I was on Reddit and Reddit's like the trolls under the bridge, but they were like, that's not even in Queen's top 20 songs. I'm like, are we talking about the same Queen? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like secret albums that I don't know about. Great pick. Great pick. Yeah, that's a great pick, Rob. Nice guess. All right, Twan, what do you got? So whatever I pick here, it will be dictated by how many we're going to do. How many think we'll do? Two or three? I'll get, we'll do three. Yeah. I'm right, calling it. <laughs> I'm always the uh, influencer. The egger of or the egger honor. Nate doesn't yeah. edit it, so. No, I haven't. I I haven't. Uh, I haven't let uh, Nate talk me into doing something um, in quite some time. So I, I know. I, I was always it. the instigator. Yeah. Always. An instigator. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's do three. I got a third one. All right, so this is one again. I'm going to cater to the audience here. So this is 1985. That's the first hint. Pop rock, power pop. From the UK, there's a gold record of the band in the back outfield? of me. Aha. Uh -huh. say, say it again. Take on me. Aha. Uh -huh. What did you say, Tony? I think, Tony, you were right. I said the outfield. The outfield. Play, uh, off play deep, your love. Your love. Great song. Perfect song. Oh, absolutely. Perfect song. I mean, the vocals, Tony Lewis, rest in peace. One of the best vocalists of all time and even late in, late in the game he could still bring it i know that play deep record in in general is just it's such a great underrated album but obviously with your love you cannot go wrong with that song that's a song that was obviously a huge hit at the time but has gotten this this resurgence over the past several years i'm not sure exactly how or why but it's just one of those amazing songs that captures like all generations of music fans like young and old everyone loves that song Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and honestly, to kind of piggyback on that, how you can tell a song's great is how like deep into the future it gets covered and not just mm -hmm. covered live, but recorded. A lot of bands have re like recorded this. If you go on YouTube, which I've done a million times, it's a bunch of great covers of like, you know, pretty well-known bands. It was on like the Punk Goes 80s. I forget who covered it. Midtown, I think, covered it. But yeah, play, play Deep is fucking amazing. You know, Say It Isn't So, I Don't Need Her, Every Time You Cry, what, 61 Seconds, All the Love in the World. All the Love. Uh, yeah, so amazing. Good. But I think Your Love is like, it's got to be top five of the 80s, top five songs mm -hmm. of the 80s all day. Everyone knows it. Yeah. Everyone can sing it. A lot of people don't know who the band is, but. Yeah, they, they don't know it's the outfield. They know yeah. the song. Oh, is that Sting? Is that the police? <laughs> yeah. Right. Outfield ended up coming out with some some good music after that too. Nothing that was really super big, but I continue to listen to their records and some really yeah. solid stuff that they came out with. I agree. Oh, e easiest song to play. M one of the most simple songs to play. Like I, I used to play that on the guitar. Yeah. Just power chords. 
Hmm. And maybe maybe simplicity is part of what makes a, an amazing song. Cause it's it's not a whole lot to figure out, right? It's just oh, this is digestible. I can whether it's relatable or not. But yeah, I agree with you, man. Great song, great album, and uh, gone too soon, unfortunately. There's another reunion that we would have loved to see for sure. All right, am I up? Round yep. two, you're yep. up. I'm I'm also pandering. I'm going 80s, and uh, <laughs> Rob, you'll you'll know this one because you and I have sent b- videos back and forth of each of each other playing uh, random air musician guitar. Lionel Richie, hello. <laughs> no, that's a good one. But uh, <laughs> playing the Not keyboard the on the song, playing the keyboard on the wall, or uh, you know, air air guitar. Give me the year. 1983. Oof, that 83 was a huge year for music. Uh, yeah. Band or solo? It is a band. The video is all time. Lots of air guitar and air keyboard and a, and a model just oh. walking around in high heels. Journey, separate, separate ways. ways. Hell yeah. yes. Yeah. Everybody love loves that. Don't Stop Believing, but come on. Separate Ways is the best Journey song, and I will fight anybody that says otherwise. <laughs> oh, you get the classic 80s keyboard at the beginning. It's so good. It's, oh, so, it's good. so good. And and just watch, go watch the video if you don't think this is perfect because they, Steve Perry is just going for it. <laughs> and the other guys are like kind of into it. <laughs> it's just hysterical to watch because they're all, they're, they're playing their instruments and then they're playing them air, whether it be on the wall or. It's so ridiculous. Pretending to play the keyboard like, like they're a, a raptor just. Letting people in Jurassic Park. (laughs) They were one of the handful of bands that got caught in the really bad video. Yes. For for the 80s that, you know, that when when that video was done, they sat back and watched it. They were all like, yeah, that was awesome. We did it. We did it, guys. Because it fit the time. Not so awesome. Yeah. And (laughs) this goes back to Rob and I being friends and watching totally 80s videos on VH1 for hours on end drinking beers because I lived down the road and that's what we did. So this is uh this is a, a perfect song. It's a great, it's a great power song too. It's 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 all time Absolutely. just a, a a good hook, great verses. Obviously, Steve Perry's got a great voice. It's just awesome from front to back. So separate ways by Journey. Song for sure. I agree. Great song, great band. In a lot of ways, this is a big this is kind of a big statement, but I still feel like Journey is underrated, you know. So I know Steve Perry left the band, but Man, they are so timeless, and like these songs are just so fucking good. Like, and even if the music videos are corny, like I, I forget forget which one of you mentioned it, but like, yeah, it was corny because that was the time. It's just like watching an '80s horror movie. It's also corny. Like, it's just right. unfortunately, it's just that's that's what it was like. So, yeah, good pick, man. I I, I could root for that all day. Well, just in, in in what you just said, tone as far as we're thinking about uh, bands that have had three lead singers, mm. Journey. Yeah, not, not at the yeah. same time. Um, Exactly. And they're still like, you know, that that sh- that shows you right there how powerful a band is. I mean, we all look back and like Steve Perry is Journey. You know, Jonathan Cain and Neil Sean, they're great musicians, but you look back, Steve Perry is Journey. Mm-hmm. And here they are, hasn't been in the band in, in what, 20, 25 years, and they're still touring or the guy that, you know, respectively sounds just like him. But right. you know, oftentimes that wouldn't work. Right. No, totally. And it typically and, doesn't. Yeah. Right. Right. There was a period, and I tried to find this video today. Of uh, it was a Sunday morning. I was having my coffee. I got a Facebook message from Rob, and I'm like, "What could this be?" And it's just a video of Rob playing air keyboard on his wall <laughs> while watching this video. So I was like, "I have to include this one tonight." And I wish I, totally I could find I it. Did that. Oh, it's so good. It's, it was probably Snapchat, and that's probably why it's gone. But man, that was it made me laugh. I nearly spit my coffee up all over the couch. So 
Well, you are good with dates and, and whatnot. If you tell me like around when it was, I can look at my memories on Snapchat. <laughs> it's probably there. Yeah, that's true. Maybe we'll there find it. it. <laughs> the video, it's like, is just a tier below Ricky Astley's you oh, know, yeah. Rick Roll <laughs> video. It's not yeah. quite that. Right. You know, viral meme. Although it is, I mean, it's a, this video is a thing now and I'm mm -hmm. here for it. I mean, it's great. The song's great. Good, good choice. They should like show that video to like a group of like young teenagers and just watch and just film their reactions. <laughs> that would be amazing. That probably exists on YouTube. Yeah. It's gotta. Nate's like, check great. out my YouTube channel. I've done that. <laughs> Yep. Show it to all the TikTokers. Like, no, check out this. This is OG. <laughs> Look at how far we've come. <laughs> right? So, Nate, you're all right. Right, Nate. Round we got, man. Two. Oh, man. I'm looking at a huge list because I'm so indecisive. I'm going to go with, uh, with this. See, one. I could never come into this meeting or this podcast with a list in front of me. I would go, I would drive myself absolutely crazy. Well, so, a lot of it's props to you. A lot of it's backup because we, a lot of the times, like, we come up with the same stuff and we're like, none of us speak about what we're bringing to the table before the podcast. We just happen to right. be in a similar mindset all the time. So uh, this one's a, 90, a 90s OG. I'm going to do a little quiz like you did, guys did earlier because I didn't do it for the first one. So 90s OG, any guesses? That's usually how no, you No, we start. need more than that. That's <laughs> Paula Cole, where have all the cowboys? Sugar Ray Fly. <laughs> no, I like Paula Cole. I, I, I mean, it's Paula Cole. Sean Colvin, uh, I don't yes. want to wait. <laughs> No, that Close. was Paula Cole, too. That was Paula Cole. Damn it. Close, but no. Len, steal right. my sunshine. 90s OG. Lisa Loeb. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Len is actually probably could make this list. That's a beach. I was just listening too. to Len's greatest hits the other day. Yeah, the, one, the one song? <laughs> the one song. That was just steal my sunshine on repeat. <laughs> wait, wait a second. When did Bad Ronald come out? <laughs> I've been waiting all day for that Bad Ronald. That was 2000. <laughs> Damn! No so one's close. gonna get that joke because nobody knows who Bad Ronald is. Except for <laughs> yeah, go go check out "Let's Begin." Is that the name of the song? Yes. Shoot Let's the begin. Shit. Yeah, no, go check that begin. video out. It's ridiculous. Yes, it's got seven thousand clicks on YouTube. <laughs> now I feel bad because those guys were great. I don't mean to rip on them. Yeah, you met them. They were they played a holiday bazaar, didn't they? Yes, and I interviewed them, and they were super fun. Yeah, oh, they had to be. They made "Let's Begin." Old school patio slave tangent on tangent tangent squared. Yeah. No, good thing you're good at editing all this stuff out. <laughs> this is all staying, my friend. So you said this, it's 90s, right? Yep. And this song, similar to what you said, Tuan, has been covered by a lot of people. Very, very strong lyrical progression and just, I don't want to say relatable, but just very good storytelling in this song. Tracy Chapman. It is. Tracy Fast Chapman. car? Yep. Fast car. Yep. Tracy Chapman, Fast Car is from 1988. Oh, is it really? I thought it was from 90s. 80s OG. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. I love how we all have our storytelling songs. Like, that's that's an amazing one right there. That's yeah. such a good song. So, yeah, an 80s OG, not a 90s OG. Tracy Chapman, yeah. Fast Car. One of the best songs ever written, got to say. First time I heard it, I can't even remember how old I was. I was definitely a child, and I just remember thinking, like, this is a really, this is a really cool song. And listening to it in a Walkman, just being like, man, this is – not even really relatable, but I feel like I'm being brought to that situation through her lyrics. Hit you right in the feels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, this was one that came to mind right away, and I, I kind of put it on like a, a maybe list, but I had to had to pick it just because I still believe this is one of the best songs ever written. Could be covered by anyone, by any genre. Fantastic song. She's so good. Uh, someone that I've been trying to see live forever, but she just doesn't tour. 
phenomenal voice too, right? I mean, she is one of a kind as far as that that sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right on the covers. I, I've I've heard of Luke Combs cover. I've heard uh, Khaled, the R&B guy. Yep. I'm trying to think of who else, but and it and it works. I mean, those are that's a country guy. That's an R&B guy. It just fucking works. The hip hop band Nice and Smooth actually sampled the song back in the early '90s. You guys might not nope. remember that one, but Nice nope. and Smooth. No, I don't remember that yes. at all. But I believe you. Go check out Nice and Smooth. They're a they're a band from like the late '80s, early '90s hip hop. Kind of fun. Like didn't really hear from them again, but their song was uh, Sometimes I Rhyme Slow. That was the one that sampled Fast Car. Oh, oh. nice. All right. Yep. See, this is why we have Rob on because nerd tidbits like that. We always come up with them. Rob had another one that's next level right. for us. Yeah, I'll yeah. just go a few years further back and deeper under the nerd. I was going to say you're you're you know a decade ahead of us. <laughs> right. I mean, we all got beards going on. I'm pretty sure mine's the whitest, but that's okay. Uh, mine's hiding. <laughs> yeah. So Tracy Chapman, fast car, and I think maybe that maybe that's a variable to what makes a bonafide all-time song is the fact that it's transferable upon genres it's a good point yeah yeah like it, it everybody sees the value in it and it can be extrapolated to different types of music and different genres because of how good the be- the bones of the song are that's a great point yeah all right i guess i'm up all right so uh this uh next song i i'm pretty confident i don't think that anybody in the in the room here is going to disagree with uh with this one uh 1999 Ooh. And, nookie. Um, Limp Biscuits Nookie. Ca- Californication <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers. This song was uh <laughs> this song was it was very same time period as uh as uh well it wasn't it was the summer, I believe, this when this one came out. And it's the song, I think Tone's gonna get it first. It's the song that it was everywhere for so long. And when you hear a song over and over again, you often get sick of it. But this song I never got sick of. And I don't think I ever changed the channel if it came on the radio. And it's uh, it's an interesting collaboration. A couple of artists you wouldn't expect to uh, see team up for a song. Rob Thomas and Santana Smooth. Baboom. <laughs> yes. Whoa. <laughs> nice. There it is. Yeah, perfect song. Just from the very beginning of it with the with the drum intro and going into the you know brass sections intro, uh, the horn solos and. Mm-hmm. Rob Thomas's vocals with Santana's guitar playing is something that I don't think anybody ever would have imagined or thought of, but it just worked so well. It is a great song. And I mean, even that first line, man, it's a hot one. Yeah. Seven inches <laughs> from the midday sun. Oh, it's like, you're just yes, like, all right, yes. we're in for a ride right now. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a good time. And that obviously that Santana riff and putting those two together, whoever's idea that was, I, hopefully it was theirs. Who knows? Whatever. That's, that's awesome. Cause it was, it was a massive, massive hit. You couldn't get away from it. And I don't, I wouldn't change the channel today. Even and I've heard it a thousand, right. you know, a hundred thousand times. And you and I don't have sent each other the memes. It's like, ah, oh, Santana, Rob Thomas smooth. It's the song of the year for the 12th <laughs> year in a row. <laughs> yeah, it is. Cause it is. It's, it's so good. It was number one for what? 12 weeks uh, on the charts. And um, yeah, it was one of those songs that like, Oh yeah, here's another fun fact, another nerd fact. It was the last number one of the 1990s, oh, wow. and the first number one of the 2000s. That's, wow. that's nerd cool. facts. Yeah. So, yeah, and this, it turned a whole generation onto Santana. Now, I don't think I don't know if they mm-hmm. like yep. liked what they heard beyond this, but at least they they knew who he was. <laughs> yeah. You liked guitar though. You were like, oh wow, this guy's cool. Like you might 
listen to him do his thing from you know previous previous years. You're right; it did turn a whole bunch of people onto a whole different world. It began the bonding process, I think, for a lot of parents and kids too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You got Rob Thomas and you got this old guy, Santana. He's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, they just tried it again, too. I don't know if you guys heard that, but they just they did a song like a few months ago and it was pretty cool, but it was no smooth and you can't blame him for trying it. It was smooth criminal. They covered smooth criminal. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was nice and smooth is what it was. Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) It was smooth operator. (laughs) Sade. No, the, the song was actually called Move. I don't know if you guys heard it, but it was pretty cool. But it's I can see that, like, let's try and, you know, bring this this thing back because it was so huge at the time. But I'm it's... surprised it took that long. Like, let's be I honest. Too. Why did that right. Why did that not happen three years later, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. It's like Top Gun, the sequel. It's the same thing. What The, the hell pandemic took so happened, so they <laughs> <laughs> ran out of creativity. Right. right. <laughs> this is on the back burner in 2019, but damn, sorry, guys. <laughs> so is everything else. <laughs> I think this was also like the launch of Rob Thomas's solo career too, right? Absolutely. It absolutely was. Yeah. Cause Matchbox 22nd album wasn't even out yet. Oh yeah. True. And I think Santana had collaborated with a bunch of people after this too. So it was almost like a test market. Well, that album supernatural was, was mainly collaborations. Um, yeah. Yep. So Wyclef was on there and, um, God, it's been so long since I've listened to that album. I can't even think who else was on it. If you're gone. Maybe it's time to come home. Was that Scott Stapp doing Rob <laughs> <Yeah>. Thomas? <laughs> Twan has one. Twan has one uh, impression. It's Scott Stapp. My name For is Scott everybody. Stapp, and I got a fucked up jaw, and I got beat up, beat right. up by Peanut. <laughs> Episode seventy, <laughs> guys. Go listen. With or without you. <laughs> that's Bono, right? That's Bono. Yeah, I that's can't live. <laughs> <laughs> Marlins will soar. Comes up every fifth. Yeah, the Marlins will soar, baby. Oh my god. Well, that's a good. That's a good one, Rob. All right, we all have. We I think the three of us have one left. So let's. Yep. Uh, Twan, you got your your next one. Your last one. Yeah, let's see. This it. might be a quick one, just because I, I you guys know the artist. I don't know if you know the song. So it's not a '90s OG. It came out eight years ago now, 2014. The album is "Get Hurt." The song is a title track by the Gaslight Anthem. Oh, nice. Yeah. So so this song, it's like, it's got the grittiness, the raspiness of Brian Fallon's voice with the major label production. And it just combined brilliantly. It's it's really like subdued. It's chill. It's, you know, kind of a dark song. And then it hits you at the chorus where it's, it's not like overbearing, but it like, it'll get you to perk up type of thing. And it's not a, like a happy song. Like Fallon had, like just come out of a divorce after 10 years with his wife. I guess he was listening to a lot of Pearl Jam's No Code album. So I don't know if that's a dark mm-hmm. album. You guys would know. Kind of a dark album, yeah. Yeah, just a guy who's in a desperate place. He's boozing a lot, and he just comes crawling back to a girl, knowing he's going to get hurt. I mean, the, the chorus is, I came to get hurt, and he's just along for the ride. So, again, my guess is autobiographical. Yeah. 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 That's a theme here with a lot of this stuff. It's storytelling, and I assume this is based on his life. That is the only Gaslight Anthem album I have ever bought. Great I love that band, and I yeah. can't think of the song that you're talking about right now, but I know I've heard it because that's the same album with 45 on it, right? No, that Different was one. before. Handwritten. Oh, that was handwritten. before. So maybe I haven't even heard this record or the song then. 
Yeah. And that's 45 is on handwritten, I think, right? I think yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that record's great too. I mean, they're a great band. I mean, we, we, we all ride for the Gaslight Anthem and, and the Springsteen worship. We all, you know, yeah. to, to start heavy. and bring it full circle. I love I'm it. I'm driving a lot these days. I'm putting that on my list. Yes. Of oh, it's a good record. To. It's this a good this record. song will just put you in a vibe and probably not a good one. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got that polish. It, it's definitely like, it somehow blends like the rawness that is Fallon in his voice and his honesty and, and whatnot, but it's got some polish. It's just, it fits the definition of this episode. It's, it's fucking perfect. Good pick. And you just said something too, where like, you know, you might listen to it and it might not put you in a good mood. Like maybe it's not like a good vibe song in terms of, you know, where it's going to bring you. But additionally, hearing other people tell stories about hard times, even if it's not relatable, makes you feel better because you're like, oh, okay, everyone struggles. Everyone has shit they have to deal with. Like that makes it better. And then that, for whatever reason, translates into, okay, things are going to be okay. It's a weird, music is a weird thing like that. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. I think Michael Stipe once said, everybody hurts sometimes. Yep. Yeah, right. he did yeah. say that. He said something like that. Yeah. He was something right like too. He was right. No, that's that's a good point, Nate. It's yeah, it's one of those. It's it might be super sad song, but it just yeah lets you know that everybody has struggles. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, what was it? The singer Poison said, "Every rose has its thorn." Yeah, yeah. That's also I've also heard that as well. Yeah. I also heard Tuan uh, to your point. I also heard that uh, every cowboy sings a sad, sad song as well. <laughs> yes, <he did. laughs> also true. I think you heard correctly. Yeah. Wow. Tone's like segueing perfectly into my next pick. Every rose has its thorn. Uh, you're right. No, that, that's my favorite. That's the, that is my next perfect song. No, it's not. I will give you my next perfect song, my last perfect song of the evening. It is the first song on the first album by a 90s OG band that I ride for forever. Go back and listen to episode three. I talked about it then. We've, we've brought episode three up a couple times, the last couple weeks. Uh, this record dropped... I think in 93, I got I had to look it up. It is it will always hold a special place in my heart. It's a record that I've listened to every year at the same time on purpose. Uh, they're one of my favorite bands ever. And the first, the opening track of this, this album is uh, the song I'm talking about. What album am I talking about, boys? Counting Crows. Counting Crows, yeah. August and everything after. Yeah, Round Here uh, is a perfect song. Yep. And again, it's autobiographical. Maybe it's it's at least tells a story. Uh, oh, it's so good. That opening like airy riff, and you're just like, man, this is how you open your your music career. Holy yeah. shit! Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's so good. It's uh, man, and it's it, like speeds up in the middle, and then it gets back into the story. It's it's so fucking good, and uh, I will never turn it off. I'll put it on more often than I probably should, and uh, one of my favorite bands ever. And this song is. Probably my favorite, if not a top three song by them. So round here by the County Crows. Absolutely. Great pick. And and I didn't even think about that when you said you're starting your career, opening up your album with this song. The lyrics are a book. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, the the saying is they don't make them like they used to. I mean, no one puts this much time into the lyrics nowadays. No. No. God, can we just bring back the 90s? I know, right? (laughs) Trust me. You know, I would sign up. I'm a big advocate for the '90s. My favorite, but um, but yeah, man, that intro for that song, talk about like just capturing the energy and also just, I mean, it's almost like watching a symphony start. You're just like everything's like dead quiet. And you're just like waiting for this band to like crescendo into the song. Like 
it's amazing. That's an amazing track, an amazing opening track for a show, amazing song that you feel like you could hear in a club, but also in a, in a full up arena or shed. Timeless, absolutely timeless. 90s OG, like you said, the emotion in Adam's voice is just next level. You feel like you're, you want to cry just hearing him sit, like just open the, that song in the first few sentences. You're like, God damn, like, how do you do that? He was yeah. always good for a gloomy, but beautiful song. Like mm-hmm. he absolutely. nailed it. Yep. Yeah. And that's a 90s thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. him, Jenkins. I mean, you just, you feel the pain. Yeah. And, and like, right. should I be sad now? Because I'm, right. I'm starting to feel sad. Well, another Counting Crows song, you know, to your point that, that I reminds me of, of around here just because I love it so much. And it also hits home personally is Along December. Mm-hmm. It's a very similar mood. It's just like, but it's such a beautiful song. You it's know? so good. Yeah. There are a lot of really amazing songs in that band's catalog and, and people like to rag on them and I don't understand it because like, it's just so good. Like, yeah, maybe he dated a bunch of actresses in the late nineties. Like he, he made his way through the cast of friends as they say, but what, who cares? Like who the cares? music is fucking great. And if he's a weirdo outside, he wasn't ever a creep, which is a good thing. Other people have been, he's creeps. just a weirdo. He's just a weirdo. Like he just, he's a guy with Most dress, musicians are weirdos. Yeah, exactly. We're okay with that. Yeah. Yep. He said new, new version, older version of John Mayer, basically. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Virtuoso, but like it was obviously tied to a bunch of people, and yeah, yep, and puts out great music. I mean, John Mayer is damn good too. Exactly. Yep. All right, Nate, last one. Let's do it. John Mayer, your body is a wonderland. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Big room for squares, guy. Yeah. Dom spoiled the surprise. Oh man. Well, this theme is very much so intact with uh, the storytelling, so I'm going to do another one. Why the hell not? Mine's a uh, gonna switch up the genres a little bit. This one's a little bit heavier, I guess you'd say. I'm not really sure what to do for for clues here, so I'm just gonna come out right out with it. It's uh, Metallica, Fade to Black. All right. I put this in high regard as one of the just a quintessential perfect song, mainly because you know we're talking about so many different styles of music here, but I think we can all agree that heavy music, heavy music is you know pinnacle for all of us. You know, whatever reason, I don't know if it's because it fills a hole or if it helps us process tough times or whatever. This song literally captures every element of all those things in one song. Starts off soft, it gets heavy at the end. There's amazing guitar solos, the lyrics. James is talking about some pretty heavy stuff throughout the song. Every time I listen to it, it's like similar to what you said with Counting Crows. It's like, God damn, like this is intense, you know? And like you said, Tuan, I feel like I should cry just listening to this. It's like so deep and so dark and so... I mean, I, I feel for James in this song right now. I listened to it again today when I was writing this down. I'm like, I almost feel like I need to revisit the song now that it, it popped in my head, you know, but everything about it, chord progression, we were kind of talking about what the foundation is to a, a perfect song. And this kind of hits all those, all those uh, elements. Great pick. And it's amazing. It came out in 84. This is what, Ride the Lightning? Yep. yep. Damn. A lot of 80s tonight. I know. And I'm the only one that didn't pick an 80s choice, which is really weird because that's my decade that I love. That's wild. That's absolutely wild that you didn't pick one because that's you to a T. I know. It's so weird. Like I said, I didn't spend a whole lot of time doing this because I would have gotten myself into a rabbit hole and I would have like just I would have lost my whole day. Be like, no, I can't do that. I got to do this one. No, I can't do this one. So just one with those initial three that popped in my head. But those are all great picks, boys. I'm like I'm I like every single one of them are awesome in their own ways. A lot of storytelling. Great hooks, good melodies, lyrics, you know, instrumental progression, all of it. It's great. Man, that was a great little hang with uh, 
masterpiece songs, quintessential songs to us personally. But I, I think we all kind of agree that, you know, universally, these are all amazing songs. And I think a recurring theme throughout the picks that we chose tonight is the fact that storytelling is basically what a song is, right? It's a story being told through music, whether it's instrumentally or vocally, whether you can relate with it or not, it's, it's important and uh, staple to, to our lives. And that's why we jumped on here to talk about them. I had a ton of songs written down. We rounded it down to three each. We could go on forever. Like Rob said earlier, we could just make a whole weekend of this and uh, get into the you know rabbit hole of nerdery. But uh, I think we did a pretty good job tonight. So interested what anyone listening, you know, what your songs are. Like, what are you digging? I had, I had a bunch here, but I'm just curious. Like, you know, what are you listening to? What are you thinking? What are your top three quintessential songs? So. I love looking at other people's lists like that. Cause you know, yeah. you'll, you'll still see songs that you don't even know. Exactly. You're like, all right, well, if that's their top three, then I have to go listen to this song. So mm-hmm. I love that. And lyrics play such a big part for me, you know, yeah. and that, it, it ties into the storytelling. And I think it's like we said earlier, I think it's kind of a lost art. Like I can't think of a great, like a perfect song where the lyrics suck. It just wouldn't naturally rise to the top. And most songs, the lyric sucks. The song sucks. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But if the lyrics suck, then that would kind of just pull it out of that spot of being the quintessential song. Yeah. Nate's like, totally. Down With The Sickness is great lyrically. <laughs> 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 Screw you, man. Saliva, your disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. We're going from click, click, boom to your disease. All right. Yeah. Or Hollywood. I mean, I can name a bunch of songs off that record if you'd like. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, thank you, Rob, for coming on with us tonight. We really appreciate it. Thanks for it. having me, guys. If you want to listen to more Rob, go back and listen to episode 17. Uh, we had Rob back then, and it was a, a blast, too. And we went into his kind of history as a, a radio DJ and his almost, what, close to 25 or so years in, in the industry. So go, go yeah. peep that. Uh, and then uh, if you want to hit us up, uh, at Potty Slave, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And then if you want to email us, Podcast at gmail.com. All that stuff is at PottyOSlave.com. Go check that out. That website is badass now. Juan made that thing really pretty. So uh, all our cool stuff is there and uh, you can get to any episode, any press, any of our stuff there. So check that stuff out. We'll be back next week with episode 97. Peace, podheads. See you later. Cheers, y'all. 